Welcome to the Extraordinary Culture Podcast, a podcast for the culture that is music, movies, sports, food, and beer. The Extraordinary Culture. Well, congratulations, Dan. It's been a while since we've uh, we've recorded, and since then, you are officially a proud papa. Oh yeah, 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 proud papa. Uh, it's been cool. Yeah. Has been... it? Has it? <laughs> How's the sleep coming? Is always the big question. Uh, you know, it's not that bad. Uh, Chris has been very supportive, so it's been working out really well. I try to help out when I can, but for the most part, she's been doing a lot of it. She's a superstar. Yeah. She just wants to eat, dude. Yeah. Eat, eat sleep, poop. That's it. Yeah. That's a life, eat. man. What all of us want to do. <laughs> for the most part. Now now that we're older, it's like eat, sleep, pump, and poop. That's it. Pretty much. <laughs> so basically, we want to be a bear? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we're almost back on our normal schedule. So Xavier and Dan are together. And then Rick and I, unfortunately... Got COVID exposed, so in the interest of keeping Dan's baby safe, we opted to just Don't stay at home. Yeah, but neither all both of us are fine, no symptoms and negative tests and all. But out of an abundance of caution for the little one. Yeah, yeah. especially with little ones, you don't know what. To... Yeah. So, but we, we everybody's been good. Other than that, I mean, this is the first time in a long time anybody's actually been like, "Oh, I'm kind of sick," and it's really only cold symptoms, from what I understand. So that's good. Doing okay. I mean, Alicia ended up getting sick, but she's she's powering through it. I mean, she's definitely not anywhere near well, but it could have been a lot worse. So, Scott, our other brother just texted me right now. He's he's still tested negative. He tested again today. No. He's still negative, and that's kind of where well, I got exposed from the same round of stuff that he did. And I'm I've been fine, and he's fine. So yeah, we'll go with it. You do what you do. I'm done with work now anyway. So. I just didn't want Rick and I were talking. Yeah, Rick and I were just talking before he came on. Like at the end of the year for us, this is the time you don't want to miss. But unfortunately, like towards the end, cases did go up. No one really sick, but a lot of people got sick more than it's been in a long time. Like we had a um, an outing. The school took an outing to Knotts, and a lot of kids came back from that Knotts trip sick, and so did some staff. We had kids that got sick that missed checkout day, like the last senior day there. They missed that because they were home sick with COVID. Um, oh wow! But l- luckily for them, they they mm-hmm. they had tested. You know, they were sick a day or two, and then were able to actually get a negative test before graduation. Which really, that's that was the important thing. And I was just kind of hoping, like, please, just not for graduation. Yeah, just please walk, please. And then and then just not for Star Wars celebration, not for Star Wars celebration. <laughs> and then you know, come home to figure out, hey, somebody you were celebration with is sick. Oh, okay. So you know, we'll just take it as it is. So yeah, I have a. I've been just kind of. Like I said I've been fine, but around the baby didn't want to do that. And then I was supposed to do some other stuff with some people. And I was like, yeah, just so you know this. So I think I'm not going to do that for a couple right. days, just just to stay safe. And they're like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, you just, yeah, and just, no one wants to get sick. That's what it is. No one even fears like right. get deathly sick or anything. Just no one wants to be sick. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm masking up at work again right now for the next couple of days, just making sure out of respect more than anything. Yeah. 
Everybody yeah, else been weird. good? It's like uh, sometimes I'm wearing a mask, sometimes I'm not. Just most of the time, just because of what I'm doing, I'm out in the heat, and it's like this mask is just bothering me. I'm going to take it off. Oh, yeah. But like when I see um, other people around, I'm like, yeah, put on a mask. Or if I walk into a business or like a doctor's office. A big office, group of people. Yeah, yeah, definitely at a mm-hmm. doctor's office. Or uh, I, like, I had to take one of the kids to the dentist last week, masked up for the dentist. Like, yeah. you know, you want to do that out of respect for a medical office or just honestly a big group of people, like a big yeah. group of people um, indoors because that seemed to be. <laughs> a little bit of a spreader so you know that's fine but like i said no one i know i know a lot of people that have been sick but no one really sick like nothing anything other than like a cold type thing but yeah you don't want to pass it around so they do the same thing if it was just a regular cold nah, i'm gonna take a couple of days off i don't want to get anybody else sick um it sucks that i'm sick so i don't want to pass it around so they're banning elvis weddings in vegas the uh, state of elvis presley oh, are they really yeah the wow. state of elvis presley said like um you could have Elvis backgrounds and stuff like that, but we don't want you using Elvis Presley or any of his imaging. So that's done. I guess wow. it's a licensing thing. They like it's like we're done with it. Um, yeah, it was cool, but like uh, you're kind of disrespecting Elvis, so no more of it. So it's gonna be Siegfried and Roy Reid weddings now. <laughs> that would be cool. Probably. Uh, what's the other guy? Wayne Newton. Don get a tiger. Fishing. Get a tiger. Yeah. Siegfried and Roy, man. Get I did get a tiger right there. Or uh, what do you call? Who's yeah. that buff comedian that with the props? Uh, oh, Carrot Top. Carrot Top. He's dude. He's what did I see him in recently? I saw him in something recently. What was he in? He looked bad. He, he was on Rogan uh, not too long ago. That wasn't it. I promise you that wasn't it. But he was just saying like you know how he owns prop comedy. Like there's no other prop comics. Can you think of another one other than the guy with the puppets? Gallagher's dead. Have, Gallagher's dead. Yeah, Gallagher's so, gone. I have no idea who else will be. Bobby Celery Head. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, like I, whatever. Okay, that's that's Don't kind you, of man, Bobby Hill. We're gonna give you uh ten minutes. We're gonna so let's flip the round. So Dan, you got ten minutes to talk about Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> what do you want to know? Just so your review I, of it. Okay, the, good, the, bad, the, like ugly. Body odor the, the <laughs> long one is gonna be on the Disney culture, which actually just dropped. But I'll, I'll give you the good, bad, and the ugly. So we went in 2015, and it was a little different than 2015. Obviously, because of co- post COVID, but like vendors, I remember there being a lot more vendors in 2015, a lot more, and there were a lot, but I, a lot of it, like some of it, was like the Hasbro stuff, the statues, all their licensed stuff that you could buy, you know, Hallmark, yeah, those yeah. kind of things, and then the other half was like vendors you could you could buy a space, just like anything else, like any other comic been to. All the same shit, man. All the vintage toys, which are cool, but I'm not going to buy those. So noticeably absent, of course, was like lightsabers. You could buy the ones that like are the legacy hilts and all that, yeah. the ones that they officially produce. Remember how we'd go to even WonderCon and WonderCon sells a bunch of like, I wouldn't call them knockoffs, but they're just a different brand. They yeah, are they're light packs. swords. Yeah, yeah. None of those. None of those because it's Disney obvious ran now. this. Yeah, Disney yeah. owns it now. So it was like that wasn't going to happen. There was this is kind of cool, like to do panels and stuff. It's all like a reservation system. The days of like, you know, how people wait overnight to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Not allowed. You cannot do that. So uh, a week or two before they had a you go online and say, I'm interested in going to these panels. Put me down for this one. And if like I entered and you were going, you could use my group code. So we all get the same thing. So if my name got drawn, you guys get to go too. Yeah. Because my name got drawn, so I got drawn for four. 
Mm-hmm. I put them in for all of them for the uh, no three three of the four days because I knew I wasn't going to get to the first day for the first panel and that was actually kind of cool. All the big panels were the first thing in the morning. There were all the eleven o'clock ones, and those were the ones that were drawn the, for the lottery. So I ended up okay. I won one. I won the one for the Mando Mandalorian. So that which was on Saturday. So Rob and I got to go to the Mandalorian panel on Saturday. And then if you didn't win, there was lineup, but you couldn't even get into the building until. I don't even know what time they opened the building, but you couldn't stay overnight. But it was open early. People lined up early in the morning. People were like, oh, I got here at 530, whatever. That's to get into a corral when the thing opened at 10 to then head over to the hall where they had the standby line. So as I understand it, they let in everybody that had a reservation and then the standby lines. So there was also in the arena, right? Because we've all been to the arena. Yeah, yeah. There was also on two different floors – um, a bunch of the rooms that they put together, you know how those conference rooms are, they put a bunch of them together. Right, right. Where they, they live streamed it into those two rooms. Yeah. So yeah. didn't get I the was, main I was one. Watching some of it through, through yeah. So, so if you didn't so if you right. didn't make it into the arena, you could yeah. go into a conference room and watch it there. Yes. Or you could just queue for that. They had queues for that too. So once it opened, you could line up and get in a queue for that so they could fill in those rooms. But the yeah, the lottery system was set up for those three rooms so you either got the arena or you got a guaranteed seating in one of the live streaming so i actually got the the arena instead of the live stream so i was there with the entire cast of the mandalorian we're in the room it was john uh john favreau dave filoni um pedro pascal carl weathers giancarlo esposito the two stuntmen that play um the mandalorian that do all the stunts katie sackoff the chick that plays the armor rosario dawson showed up the new uh, girl who's going to play Sabine Wren from Rebels was there, like the entire freaking cast, dude. And they brought out a puppet of Grogu that actually moved. And sat <laughs> That's it, was, awesome. it was totally freaking cool. So they did that. And then if you were just in the hall on one end in Hall E, they show Hall D, excuse me, in Hall D, they show they had a big screen that showed what was going on in the arena, except the exclusives, because I saw footage for the Mandalorian three and Ahsoka. But like the. The streaming room saw that the convention room floor didn't see that. It cuts to just a graphic of celebration, which was actually kind of cool. And it looks freaking amazing, dude. It looks amazing. The stuff that they're going to come out with. Mandalorian 3 looks amazing. And Ahsoka, this is all over the news already, but Rebels is going to connect into the Ahsoka series. Like you oh, saw cool. Sabine Wren and you saw Hera. Like, so it's, it's going to freaking connect, which is going to be awesome, which means at some point you're going to see Thrawn. And Richard. Thrawn and, and, Ezra. and Ezra. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the place went absolutely fucking ape shit when they showed that stuff on the on the graphic. So that was cool. That's a cool way to do panels. And then once you get into the arena, you can stay if you want to, or if you leave, and you can just come and go as you please for the other panels, and as well as the ones on the other stages. There wasn't a huge like. There wasn't a bunch of stuff that I was like, "Oh man, I want to see that." They had a bunch of stuff that was like, "This is cool though." They had kids stuff. Like, let me show you how to, like, you know, sword fight or how to build small droids and all that kind of stuff. There was a whole area that was just for droid makers. So you can go and see them building stuff and they show you how it works and all that kind of stuff. So that kind of stuff was cool. They had a podcast stage, which I never did any of those. So a lot of it didn't interest me, but there was some cool stuff, just depending upon what you were into. That that part was cool. Um, the big display was that TIE fighter. They had a huge TIE fighter on the floor, which was amazing, and a set from Hoth. Like this is all there's a you remember how they had that company before that did the Cantina 
the bar yeah, last yeah. time we went. Yeah. I was, was going to ask you, yeah. are these um like um what do you call it, like professional like ones or are these like fan built ones? They're fan built ones. Those are because I know like ones. there's a contingency from Belgium that does like that builds them. And I remember the guy was like yeah, it, um, it was talking overseas. about his juice and it was like a can of beer. Oh, it was like mm-hmm. from overseas. I don't remember where, but that's who it was. And it, it was pretty cool. I mean, it's cool stuff to look at. The photos um, you posted look pretty cool. The yeah, yeah, yeah. They they did. Um autographs were ridiculously expensive dude and that's weird where were the autographs last time do you remember where they were at um no because i never wanted to do them but i think they were uh so i guess would be so if, um were they on the convention convention floor? Uh, yeah they're a convention floor but they were like kind of hidden like okay so if um what's the street that runs um in front of between the convention center and disneyland catella catella yeah yeah okay so of Catella's North, it'd be on the south end of the um, convention center. Okay, so that's where it was, but it seemed like there was a lot of wasted space on the convention floor. A lot of wasted space on the convention floor. That's what it actually seemed like. Um, I don't know why. It just seemed like they're just – the way they use space, you could have put a lot more in there. There could have been a lot more vendors. There was a tattoo pavilion, which was kind of cool, but was it necessary? Or couldn't that kind of been upstairs and more vendors put down there? Did they have the automobiles again? They did only a few. I only saw. Yeah, they only have. There's only about twenty of them that I know. No, of. there wasn't even that many. There was, I think, six tops. Three that I saw in person, and then mm-hmm. I've seen video of another three, and I don't even know where those were. I never saw them, but maybe they weren't there the, the entire time. But there was not a lot, not like it was before, where there was yeah, a whole like hall for that. There was not. We didn't have that this, this time. So I'm sure a lot of things were scaled back a little bit, just because of, again the, the post COVID, yeah, kind of era. Um, I had a good time. So that was um, the lottery was for the for the uh, panels. So was the store. The store was by reservation. If you didn't get a reservation, you could get a time on a reservation. It was a standby. So the second day we were there, Rob put in for it, and he got an eleven thirty reservation for the store. Um, and we had heard the first day the store was a mess. So on Friday he it goes, always is. Yeah, this is bad. This is bad. Listen to this. He went with um, our, our other friend or your other friend, Melanie, and mm-hmm. he FaceTimes me because you can only take one guest. And there was three of us. Well, I'll take her. We had gotten into a, a reservation for a Star Tours panel, 35th anniversary of Star Tours. I'm like, I'd rather go to that. So I'll take her in the story. You can always FaceTime me. OK, so he did. He's like, this looks like a big lots going out of business. That's how he described <laughs> oh, it. No. He said so the employees like were just every day. throwing out boxes of shirts. Like, here's a box. Because people were just freaking rabid. Here's a box of shirts in this design. Throw it on the floor. Have at it. People grabbing shit. Like, he's all, it's ridiculous, dude. Plus the line to check out. I think it took him an hour and a half to check out. Holy oh, wow. Crap. That's like what yeah. it took us so, last time when we went. Dancing all over again. Your poster. <laughs> seriously. Dude, your poster. Cherish that bad boy because you have no oh, idea what your brother went. You have no idea what your brother went through to get that man. He about had a panic <laughs> attack. Seriously, he, he and Melanie yeah, about will. had a panic attack to get that I shit. Will. So <laughs> I'd ask him for like, look at these two or three shirts. I saw a spirit jersey that I was like, dude, if you see it, figure out how much it is. He found it in my size and he's like, I don't have any clue how much it is. I gave him a number. I said, if it's under this, go for it. If it's more than that, leave it. And then at one point he called me. He's like, I'm just getting this. I'm already in line. I'm okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it turned out to be within my price range. But he was all freaking in a panic. Yeah, that's what he did with it's me, too. He was like, with that poster. I just wanted the poster. You know, and I go, he goes, 
they have the poster. I go, okay. I go, if it's under 30 bucks, go for it, you know. And he's like, I don't think it'll be 30 bucks. Go, I don't either, but. How much was it? 15. Oh, okay. Yeah, dude, nothing had prices on it either, like that first day. So he was all turned off by that. But that's how the, the store worked. And people mm-hmm. waited three hours to get into that store. Yeah. Like, really yeah. quick, let me tell you about because I went to Celebration in 2000 and uh, the 15th, the 30th anniversary of Star Wars, which was 15 years ago, when it was the first time that was in Los Angeles. And the store was so nice. It was empty. They gave you a bag when you walked in and you goes, I want this. Okay. You put it in your bag, put it in your bag, you put it in your bag. They had um, all the exclusive t-shirts. They had, uh, I have, I, I don't know where it happened to it. It was a ringer shirt with the um, 30th anniversary logo. I had a water bottle. Um, I bought the magnets because like, you know how the different badges for every day, yeah. they have different badges for every day. So they had a magnet for each one of those. So I, I have those. And, um, I believe I bought a poster too, and I got it signed by the artist. Not not quite the same this time, just because. Yeah, of I mean, the sheer just, I mean it was people. so much nicer than when we mm-hmm. went before, and like yeah. it was horrible last time, and but it sounds like it was better than this time. Well, by Sunday, I had kind of wanted some shirts. I really kind of wanted the shirts, and I had talked to a, I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, we were texting back and forth when it was going on, and he was like, "Dude, he's off. You see that shirt? Do you mind?" I'm like, "Bro, this was the experience of day one. I don't even know if that's gonna happen." And he's like, "All right, man, that's cool. He's like, I, I get that. I understand that." But I had kept trying. I, I tried Saturday, got nothing. But Sunday, I got one. I got a reservation for the store at um, 11. So we kind of like at 10 o'clock when they opened the doors, honestly, Rob and I kind of snuck in the building. That's how it opened. Somebody came out of the building, left the door open. We snuck in and <laughs> made sure we were well, done there. When I walked into the store, which is on the second level of a different building that connects from the convention center, it's the way you enter. They have a walkway from one to the other. Um, not the same. We walked in. There was no one there. It, it was because it had barely opened. Everything was on racks. Everything was in order by size. They had it all. He was like, oh, my God. It was so not like this when I came the other day. <laughs> I got it started to get busier when we were you know, close to finishing shopping. But I got all the shirts that I wanted. I did pick up a magnet. Um, I think I waited 15 minutes in line to check out. Like it was really done much better. Now, uh, they figured out what, what was going on, and uh, honestly, there was I heard there was a staffing shortage because of the way the place that runs the convention, not the convention center, the convention, the way they handled it. Oh, the showrunners. The showrunners, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to say, they didn't have – because I had I asked Robbie to get me a shirt, and he said, like, oh, they have it online. You want it? I'm like, oh, yeah, I want this one. And then he, you know, he got it to me, and it was, he got it to me by Easter, which mm-hmm. surprised the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I had. Um, what did I have? So like, they didn't have everything wasn't available to, for a pre order online, or just no, no, no. Okay, and in fact, there was still some stuff, and I don't know what because there was nothing that I wanted, but I there was still some stuff that hadn't come in. Like Melanie had actually gotten a Funko reservation because Funko and Loungefly did the same thing with the lottery system. You can get a reserve time to shop on any given day, or you can do the standby line, but the standby line regularly was two three hours long. So she got one for that first day. So she had only wanted the Chewbacca pop. Rob wanted the Luke Skywalker one. And so I got the Darth Vader one and the Princess Leia one, which was all because you can only one one per person. Right. So Mm -hmm. we ended up with all the like regular pops. Um, They had one of them that was, you know, they do the little soda can. They have a little soda soda can pop. Yeah. The soda pops that was Luke Skywalker that they never got. And they never got a set of the five of them. Or four of them, whatever. The, all the, I got them individually, but they had a four pack that they never got because of shipping delays. So uh, we think that's what happened with the store too. 
that they just didn't get everything in time, which is why it was such a mess the first two days. By the next two, they had had stuff. Because seriously, dude, it was like the racks you have in your garage. Just cubbied and just there's stacks of these shirts. And they're all arranged in order by size. It was like, it was really nice by then. But just, you know, getting the stuff was an issue. So that's how that worked. And then that Mandalorian experience where they bought props from the, uh, the seasons of Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett was the same thing. It was a reservation system that I, I managed to get one of those on Saturday. And we went through and waited maybe 30 minutes in line. And people were when we were there, it said it was at least a two hour wait. But people were regularly saying we waited like three hours for that. And it was freaking amazing, by the way. Three hours worth? I don't know. I, I didn't yeah. hate any of that. When they brought props out for um, at a celebration <laughs> when we went uh, 2015, they had the props out for uh, The Force Awakens. They had props out for that. And um, there was a lot like the fir- if you went the first day, like there was no line. Yeah. And then when people found out what was in those rooms, it was like a huge mm-hmm. line. I remember waiting about an hour and a half, which wasn't too bad and was really cool. And that's when we thought BB-8 was uh, CGI just because like, we're like, well, how do you make a droid like this yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. in real life? And then they had the real one, but then you see the real one roll out on stage. So so for this, I'm, I, I actually like the way that they do that because we paced it out and we knew what we were doing. There was obviously people who didn't know what they were doing because so much of it was in the app and some of it was online and you just had to know what was going on. There were signs around that told you what were going on. And in fact, when we were waiting for the Mandalorian, I saw a guy scanning the QR code. He's like, man, I can't ever, I've been trying for three hours. I can't get a reservation for this. And I was like, homie, you see that sign says they open at 8.30, right? Bro, they were gone at 8.30. Because that's when I got mine. I actually happened to be on the site before 8.30. And it loaded and it said the queue opens in this amount of time. And although it said it was still random, no. If you were already in line, you had a much better chance of somebody logging in after 8.30. So that, that's how I got mine. We figured that out like day one. And then we're like, just kind of used it and went for it. There was no way that there's so many people complain. This is the worst one ever, blah, blah, blah. Dude, it's 50,000 people. Everyone wants to do the same things. They didn't do a good job of like separating some of the bigger stuff. You know what I mean? It could have had two mm-hmm. concurrent big different panels going on or something to kind of break people away. And you really had to do your homework. If you thought you were going to go into this convention and do everything, you're sorely mistaken. Oh, you so never way, that's can. Not way, that's not the way any convention works. You have to say, this is the one thing I want to do and make sure that happens. And then everything else you just have to take with a grain of salt. Now, luckily for us, we were there for the four days. So the stuff like the Mandalorian experience, the store, we had different times that we could try it because we knew the way that the system worked. The last day we went into um, uh, Rancho Obi-Wan's exhibit, which is Steve Sansweet, the guy that did the yeah. Star Wars encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a bunch of his stuff there. Um, showing off stuff for Boba Fett and the Mandalorian. Mandalorians, I should say, because it was um, Bo- uh, Catan. Bo- yeah, Bo-Katan, crazy. So it, mm-hmm. it was cool. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, the the way you check in is a little bit different. It was, obviously, they checked the badge at security. You got to go through the metal detectors. Everybody had to get the COVID check, which was either you loaded vaccination status or you showed your negative test at the Marriott, had this wristband on for four days, and if you lost it, you had to go get another one. So everybody had to do that. So when you go through security, they're looking for your wristband and they're looking to see what color your badge is so that they knew you were supposed to go in. The part that sucked is that the entrance to security, the main entrance to security was where all the food trucks are. So that area, oh, was, it always constantly, that area was constantly clogged, dude. It was bad. It was bad. 
like I really like staying at the Hilton though, because I went back to the room actually a couple of times. Like, mm-hmm. let me get out. Like, I, I never ate at any of the food trucks because the line was just too ridiculous every time. I ate at the hotel. Um, I ate at the hotel one day. No, two days. I ate at the hotel two days. On the third day, we left before we ate lunch. And then dinner, we ate at Disneyland because we were at Disneyland for the Star Wars night thing. That's the other thing that I did is I did the Star Wars night. So anything else about Celebration before I tell you real quick how Star Wars night work? No. No. So it was pretty cool. Um, in-depth breakdown. You know, I went deeper into the stuff. Um, on the Disney Culture podcast, but the Star Wars night was actually um, pretty cool. It was expensive as hell because I bought that ticket in oh nine, no nineteen, in twenty nineteen for one hundred nine dollars, and then I got upcharged another sixty six dollars for what was the upcharge for? Because it was a Friday night. Yeah. I could have gone the third and the four or the fourth for the same price of that ticket, but because I wanted to go on the Friday night, one because it was the Friday night. Two, because it was during celebration and I already had a hotel in Anaheim, I went for that. Now, I figured I already paid $109 three years ago. What's 66 more now? Yeah. That doesn't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. I already paid for the other one. So I did it. It was freaking cool. It was, it was pretty badass. Um, all kinds of photo ops. Although this is kind of weird. They had a bunch of character meet and greets. And the thing with that is I've always heard that those after dark nights, that those are long lines. And they are. But I saw some of those characters passing by. And it's like, you know, the celebration costumes, these cosplayers look the same, if not better, than the costumes that they have here. <laughs> so if I really wanted a photo with a Jawa, I would have taken it at the convention center with the tens yeah, of yeah. Jawas I saw. You know what I mean? Even I saw yeah. um, Ahsoka Tano. I saw plenty of ladies dressed up like Ahsoka Tano at Celebration that looked just as good as the one they had there in the park. So if I really wanted I opted to skip on that. But they had those ones where you drop into so it looks like you're in a scene. So they have that one with the wampa that's upside down, and you look like you're reaching for the lightsaber, and then they flip the photo over. Those are cool. Yeah, I yeah. did those. The fireworks were Star Wars themed. The music was. Those were pretty cool. The castle, the Matterhorn, and Small World all had stars on them, and then every once in a while we'd go to light speed, and then come out of light speed. That was pretty cool. Um, the photo ops, like I said, were super cool. The Cantina Band played on the Rivers of America. On like where the Dixie I saw that. Is. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it was obviously they weren't playing, but it looked cool. It was a cool visual, mm-hmm. and they're having a good time with it. And then I did one of the lightsaber. I did the lightsaber meetup in Galaxy's Edge. So I did take my lightsaber. So did Rob. The only time we carried him around was at Disneyland because we knew okay they're going to take a photo. They're going to have a meetup, and that'd be kind of cool to take a part of. Take part of. So we did it, and then I told Rob, I don't want to walk out with all these people. I don't want to push and shove anybody. And just let's just wait a few minutes. Okay. So in the meantime, we see some cast members who say, "Here's the code. If you scan the code, you get all the photos we just took." Oh, okay. Scan the code in their app because they gave us all the photos for free that night. I got like 20 photos of the meetup. Am I in them? I don't know. There's a dot mm-hmm. somewhere in there. But you know, <laughs> they they said they had Ray and Chewbacca up on top by the docking bay, um, and saying whatever she said before we all lit the lightsabers up at the same time. And then we walked in front of the castle. And we had wanted to see some kind of parade of costumes or something. So we took a picture in front of the castle and a cast member comes up to me and says, did you guys want to be in the picture? And Rob and I were like, sure. He says, okay, stand off to the side over here and we'll add you in after they come over here. Okay. So we stood off to the side. Here comes the fire engine with Mickey and Minnie on it and a bunch of people in costume with lightsabers behind them all stood in front of the castle. We got in the photo too and they took them. And then they said, here's the photos we just took. Okay, cool. Those I'm in. I could actually see myself right. in those photos. 
but it was cool. I would totally, it was a bunny, but I would do it again. The, the photo ops were, were so cool. The ambiance and the vibe of everything was just so cool uh, to see. I would totally do that again. It was a lot of money, but it was, it was worth it. If you wanted to go on rides, at times where there was nothing, nothing. Yeah, yeah, they were super short. So it was a blast. It was all Star Wars all weekend. Um, I had a blast. I would totally do it again, but I'm still paying for it. I'm still tired from going to bed at one o'clock in the morning and waking up like 630, you know, just doing what you do at cons. Try to find, you know what? The worst part is always trying to find breakfast. I'm not, I'm not down to play $10 for a chorizo burrito. I didn't really like chorizo. So who breeds <laughs> it was, who breeds it was. Anything else? No. So the new projects coming up are uh, Ahsoka and or and Ahsoka and or they have a Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, the Bad Batch season two is coming out. They announced the Indiana Jones movie. Um, Harrison Ford was actually there on the first day. Yeah, I, I don't think he's ever been at a convention before. No, because he hates it. But he didn't even come out for Star Wars. He came out for um, Indiana Jones. And they introduced John Williams, who conducted uh, a couple of songs, which they brought in an orchestra. Um, Dave Filoni and John Favreau were all over the place as was Tamara Morrison Ashley Eckstein too she was all over the place actually she always is all over the place yeah, yeah. I, I give her props that's what I told Rob I give her props because she does spend a lot of her time doing stuff for fans I went back to the hotel one night and there was lines outside um, their ballroom and I was like I just stopped someone like, dude what's going on here and he said oh Ashley Eckstein is signing for everybody she didn't get a chance to do over here at the thing because she had to go to a panel or something they, they booked it the booking was terrible for autographs it was bad they forgot to schedule people's lunches. So, hmm. yeah, it pushed everything back like an hour. And then you got into a time where it's like, I got to go moderate a panel or I'm sitting on a panel. So they made it up. Some of it was at the Hilton. And then there were some other stars from like lower level Jedi and stuff who like, you know, were given autographs there at the Hilton after mm-hmm. hours. And then there was a whole ass sale on the second floor. The second floor of the Hilton had freaking room sales. People just random people were selling Star Wars shit like, you know their personal collections like yeah there's all kinds of stuff you just like it's not officially part of the convention but it's there and you just have to kind of find out through facebook groups and stuff yeah i was gonna say uh when we went in uh 2015 i remember somebody telling me they had like a reservation for an autograph with um uh carrie fisher and uh mark hamill Mm -hmm. and it took them three hours after their assigned time to get their autograph that's not uncommon i heard that a lot actually i have a friend who got a couple of autographs and he said it took like Giancarlo is I took two hours to get his autograph and then part of it because they like to they, they're chatting with people but uh-huh. yeah it, it takes a long time that that part of it to me is ridiculous and it's expensive dude it's expensive a photo with you and McGregor was like 300 bucks oh oh yeah dude it was I thought about it too because they're like oh these are the people signing and I was waiting for the price drops so Ashley Eckstein I was talking about her yeah you go to WonderCon 50 bucks like 50 bucks for maybe a photo with her another 50 for maybe her autograph 150 for each dude 150 oh, and she's making okay so oh. this is what i told robert actually she's everywhere she went outside at one point by the fountain and took a photo with a bunch of tagrudas and then she interrupted a couple of panels like i don't know if you've seen it online she was in a she walked into a panel with hayden christensen walked up to him and said hey sky guy and the internet lost it <laughs> because that's what she called them on the that's what she called them on the series, right? Yeah. It wasn't hating, but that's what she called them in the series. So he got a kick out of it too. Like she does her part, she goes out of her way for her fans. But you know, she makes money off of it. Because they stay loyal to her because like she's such a cool person. Mm-hmm. So like the her her universe line was like 
Yeah, it was massively huge. Quite a lot. Yeah. 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 So she she's a smart business lady, but she seems to be a very very nice lady. She's the one that moderated the um the Star Tours panel. Yeah, she um when we went, she was moderating the um was what all the cosplayers do, all their fancy stuff, the masquerade. When yeah, I, I wonder, kind of wonder, yeah. When they didn't have any kind of Mirab asked me about that, they didn't have any kind of masquerade or anything. It was really weird the stuff that they had. There's definitely stuff to be improved on, but you can have a blast just walking around. The thing that sucks is that you know how for like WonderCon or something, you can just kind of and Jose did this when you just stand around outside and take photos mm-hmm. of people. You cannot do that because you can't get past the security point, which are on the other side of the food trucks. Well, Jose did that for that one year where we saw him at um, Celebration. Yeah, and that was not possible this year at all because security was not inside. Security was outside past the food trucks where that little roundabout is. On yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. where security is. You know what I call uh, cosplayers anyway? Anywhere. Hmm. Posers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was cool. I mean, I saw some interesting costumes. Uh, if you follow me on TikTok, you'll see a, a bunch of that shit, and I posted some of it on my, on my Instagram account too. Um, but it, it was cool, man. I, I had a good time. I would totally do it again. I only spent like – in merchandise, most of it was T-shirts, maybe two hundred bucks. I didn't really spend a lot, not really. Not, not, Rob spent more. Rob spent more, and obviously the hotel room. We stayed at a Hilton, so we paid top dollar for our hotel. But it was worth it. It was worth it to be steps away from the convention center. For sure. But that's your fifteen-minute version. <laughs> that's that was a half hour. Uh, was it really? No, it wasn't. Yeah. Oh well. So. Obi Wan, which you, I mean, I haven't seen the new episode yet. I don't think any of us have. Uh, I watched I it already. Yeah, <laughs> I saw it. Mid- I watched the midnight release. I, I didn't realize it was on, or I would have watched. it. Yeah, I didn't realize it was Wednesday. I've been thrown off by the days because my weekend was crazy, so I don't even know what day it is. I left work early too. I didn't that's even the, go to work on Friday. That's funny at all. Which is that's the, last the only one. thing I stopped to do um, today was watch Obi Wan. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. The so that's funny because the um I would first of all the Wi Fi sucked in the hotel. The Wi-Fi was trash in the hotel because everybody at nine at nine p.m. on Thursday night was trying to watch that crap. Yep. And into the rest yeah. of the night, so the Wi-Fi was complete trash. Um, but I I just watched it the, the data on my phone, and uh, it, I thought it was pretty cool, man. And in fact, the next day when Rob was trying to get into that store and having his ordeal because I couldn't go into the store, I sat down at a table, just a you know empty table there, in the convention center, and I had another guy. He ended up sitting across from me, and we started talking, and then some other people came up, and we all started talking, and finally it became, okay, did, did everybody see Kenobi? Everybody saw Kenobi? Yeah, everybody saw Kenobi. So we could start talking about you know, Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. And I'm surprised they didn't um, have an opportunity, like in one of the rooms, like, hey, it's coming they in did. at 9 o'clock. To, um, no, let's no, just show did. it. So here's what happened. The first day, that Lucasfilm panel on that first day, if you made it in, because they talked about it, um, they gave you a wristband. And you could go back to the room that you were in and watch it at 6 p.m. Oh, shit. So, I, in fact, that guy that I was talking to, he said he, he wasn't at that panel. He just kind of hung around one of the streaming rooms. And they just started handing out wristbands at the end. Here, here, just come watch it, just come watch it. Just to fill the room. And that, that's what I understand happened at the arena, too. Diggs tried to do that at the arena and got turned away. And so did some people who were late. Because as soon as it started, door shut. If you were late, you weren't getting in. Like even when Sacco came wristband. out. Yeah. If, if mm-hmm. you did not, if, even if you had a wristband, if you were late, you weren't getting in. So they did start it at 6 o'clock. They gave it to those people who were at that panel. And if you think about it, that's thousands of people. Yeah. Thousands upon thousands of people. Um, 
who saw it at six instead of nine. But but they did, you know, they did see it a little early. But no, officially no. Just that, just that. That's how they handled that. But I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was great too. I mean, it was a perfect bridge. It's one of those things now. You you totally are. Um, it's total clarity when it comes to why Ben Solo is named Ben Solo. Yes. You get that clarity in terms of that. Um, I never even thought about that. Did you not? No. I, I put it in the chat. Which is funny because I mean, in the in the old uh, the old Legends universe, it was Ben Skywalker, but now they've given that bridge to that. That was really cool. I thought about that. Yeah, I, I saw that. I'm like, okay, that's why they named him Ben because mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that. You know, we never knew that she had any contact, like had any contact with um, Kenobi before. We just well, you know he was like a legend. You okay, know? this mm-hmm. is this is what came up in a like I'm in a. a coach group chat with some of the other softball dads and memes and shit but we're all star wars fans so one of them asked does this erase episode four what it says because like she she knows who ben is she makes that connection like how does she not remember who he is when they had this big adventure you know years before i said well wait a minute she there's a couple things to think about in the in the little hologram she said, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, you know, years ago, you helped my father, blah, blah, blah. When Luke went into the cell, he said, I'm here with Ben Kenobi. She jumped up. Ben Kenobi, yeah. with excitement, and knew who he was. Mm-hmm. There's your bridge. I said, it's like having two people with the last name Hernandez. How many Hernandezes are there? You don't, you don't even think about it. They're not related. Why couldn't it have been something like that? And in fact, mm-hmm. Owen didn't call him Obi-Wan. Owen called him, called ben. him ben. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, so there's no connection. The same way you just have two people with the same last name. They're not necessarily related. It, it could be that. Maybe there was. Even Luke said it in the first. He was looking for an Obi-Wan. Is he a relative of yours? It, it, there's just no, because it's like, it's just a name. Yeah. It's just the name. If the first name doesn't match, you don't think it's the same person. You don't know him by that. You know him by, you know, something else. It's like, I, I actually, you know, I like it to you, Dan. I like it to Shorty. The, yeah. the first time I heard, you know, he introduced himself when we met when we were kids. This is Shorty. But when somebody referred to him as Steven, who the fuck is Steven? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Shorty. Oh, I just there, never gave it a thought. There's a little bit of ambiguity in that when it comes to episode three. As as there's an interaction, it's not a big interaction, it's not a big spoiler, but um, one of the people that's helping them actually refers to him as Obi-Wan as they're trying to to make their way through, you know, whatever it is. And Leia's there, but I don't know if Leia was actively involved in that conversation. She was not necessarily shown in the scene, but she's in that pursuit. So there's a little bit of ambiguity there, but it's enough that if she was, ooh, pretty, doing something like that, like she's prone to do. I trust um, Dave Filoni. Yeah, he makes I do too. Very few mistakes. I do too. Very few mistakes. Well, that stuff. So that's good. I, I think it's really good. I, I expect to see it, you know, um, end where maybe he goes deeper into hiding. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Like where he truly becomes the hermit at the end of this. There, there has to be a point where they think they've killed him. Yeah, yeah, that's actually what I was. T- yeah, that's what it was. I was talking to somebody, and they, that's what they said. There's got to be a point where we think he dies. 
because, yeah, because you hear Grand Moff Tarkin goes, surely he's dead. Yeah. 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 So and, and Vader doesn't pursue him after a while. Like, I guess Vader assumed that he died, too. The only person who it seems didn't believe that would have been Maul. Because Maul was still in pursuit of him in Rebels. Yeah. I did see him, by the way, in person, actually. Kind of up close. Sam Witwer. Ray Park? I, I yeah. saw No, Sam, Sam Witwer, the guy who did the voice of what he's talking about in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him. We walked right by Matt Lanter, who does Anakin's voice. Rob was like, you know who that was? And I was like, no. That's Matt Lanter. Well, Matt Lanter. He's like, he does Anakin's voice. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, that was Matt Lanter. Yeah, that's cool. So, you, see, you know, I see people walking around. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get he, – people knew who he was, but he didn't get bombarded. You know, my other favorite piece about this, though, is one of those uh, tying to episode four is when Vader first recognizes the presence of Obi-Wan on the on the Death Star. Mm-hmm. He says, a sense of presence, a presence I've not felt since. And he doesn't finish the line. Yeah. So well, you can put in other interactions with Obi-Wan. Because it's open-ended. Yes. Yeah. You always thought it was Mustafar, but it, it doesn't have to be because it's open-ended. Yep. Yeah. And I found it. I liked how they, Reva told him at the end of episode two, he's still alive. And the look on his face was like, I, I left him for dead. Like there's no, oh, that actually plays into the Obi-Wan Ben thing. Cause it's like, you knew Darth Vader was on the rise. You surely know that who Darth Vader is, you know, just because you're a part of the universe, you've heard the name. See, cause I've always heard that Darth Vader really wasn't well known. Except within like like you know imperial circles, so like you know, you might have heard this name, but you still don't know who the person is. It's and totally I've heard, possible, but that just leads you to believe that like when he fought Anakin on Mustafar, it was it, he knew him as Anakin. Yeah, he never mm-hmm. referred to himself as Darth Vader because he didn't know about Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, what was I going with that? I lost my train of thought. Shoot. I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, we know why though. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> oh, oh, um, the idea that even even within the circles, it wasn't well known that Anakin became Vader. It was, you know, Anakin was suddenly gone. Everybody, most people thought Anakin was killed in Order 66. And then this dark apprentice, this person rises up as the right hand of the Emperor and it's Darth Vader, there wasn't a whole lot of connection there. So Reva saying that kind of threw me for a loop. I felt like, wait a second, that's not common knowledge. She knows. So my thought on that is, and I think it's kind of hinted at, if not uh, stated outright, is she was someone at the Jedi Temple. Yeah, that's actually speculated that she was one. You know how the first episode begins at the Jedi Temple with the younglings? Yeah. It's, It's speculated she's one of those. That yeah. she she's she was a Jedi that turned to the dark side, and that she all, was all of the, the all of the, the Inquisitors are at some point. They they were they were fallen Jedi people that were age wise age wise it, it works out because she would, she would have been a youngling at that time, and it's ten years after the fact. So yeah. I, it puts her at about the right age. I hated her character in the beginning until then. I started to, to learn about that that plot hole, and I'm like ah. Uh, Let's see where this goes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like her, but like, I understand that you're not supposed to like her. She's a bitch. Yeah. And see, you know, that's that means, exactly I mean, why I, mean, I like her. I, I, understand that, I understand why I didn't like her. It wasn't like, and we'll get into this in a little while. Because that wasn't just because I just didn't like her. Because I go like, oh, who's this lady doing this? It's like, okay, she's a villain. You're, supposed to, you're not supposed to like the villains. You know, that 
she did her job. She's as an actress, she did her job well. And see, on the opposite, I liked her for that. I liked that it was very much a a dark Jedi or a Sith, someone who it was the anger, it was the aggression. She couldn't control it, and that's where her power's coming from. That's what makes her frightening. Speaking of characters like that, you know, Timura Morrison made a joke at the panel where somebody had said something about an autograph, or they were making a joke about signed autographs, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I signed it. He's like, I sent it Django Fett, and then I signed it Boba Fett. And then I signed it, Commander Cody. And then I signed it, Captain Rex. And she's all, <laughs> this is a long list of like, whatever. It was really funny. And people were, were cracking up right there. Because like, yeah, he's like half the freaking movie is like yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. There are scenes where he's every character on the on the, on the screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he's all a voice. Oh, he's all voiceover of this. Voiceover. Of this. It was pretty <laughs> funny. He came out, dude. He did the uh, the Hakka, that, that tribal Maori dance. The, uh, Maori. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And to, I mean, cheers from the people, which I guess is the wrong thing to do. Like you're supposed to actually stay silent during that. He didn't care. He was hamming it up and doing his thing, but he got over, he was over big with that crowd. Completely. Have you ever seen those? Those are really impressive. They do. I know they like the um, New Zealand rugby team does are doing like um, rugby games and stuff like yeah. that, or like before a rugby game. Yeah. I know I haven't seen any of these movies. Uh, Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah, the Spider Man. The one. No way. It's a little older, but No Way Home. Oh wow! Yeah. Isn't yeah, wow? How, how deep are you going? Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 we're going to go back. I don't know. 
Like, I don't even remember. I, I saw oh, what about, that. okay, Doctor Strange? That I saw. Did you see Doctor Strange, Rick? I saw Doctor Strange. It okay. was the Sam Raimi. It, it was, was a Sam dead. Raimi movie. Plain and simple. Dead. Yeah. It was Evil Dead Marvel version. There were straight scenes that were, I'm like, that's 100% out of Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a point where he tries to pull. Well, at this point, you've seen it or you haven't. Professor X tries to pull out, not not Scarlet Witch, the actual, what's yeah. her name, man? Not the actress, the character. Wanda Maximoff? Wanda, Wanda Maximoff. Yeah. Where he tries to pull Wanda out of this crumbled stone, and all you see is this square and her head, and she's reaching out. And I'm like, that's a scene straight out of Evil Dead, the zombie from the from the basement. That's exactly what that is. Um, it was pretty cool. It is a totally... A, it, it has some horror elements to it. It definitely has a darker vibe than the rest of the Marvel movies, but it was good. So a lot of people were saying before I saw it, because I, I saw it like two weeks after it came out, people were like, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what are you talking about? That was a really good movie. I thought it so, had too. Those, it had those horror elements that were like, this adds a little something to it, because the whole concept is kind of scary, and what Doctor Strange can become because of what he has to do and how powerful Wanda is, Yeah, that's scary. It's scary how powerful she is. You got to remember, in the Marvel Universe, <clears throat> as magicians go... Doctor Strange is probably the most powerful musician, only second to um, Doctor Doom. Yeah, but this lends itself to, they call it the, the mystic arts versus witchcraft. Okay. And witchcraft is, is dark. So even, even Wong was like, that's witchcraft. Like, that's, not, that's not sorcery. That's witchcraft. And it's yeah. a, total different, a total different take on this stuff. It's dark, and it's meant to be. And Doctor Strange has to go there to defeat Scarlet Witch. And that's what makes it cool, and that's what makes it scary. Of what, yeah, what do you, do you remember um, what the Dark Horse comics, Dark Empire? Yeah. Where Luke, where Luke actually had to become the Emperor's apprentice in order to defeat the Emperor. That's what, that's what happens. That's yeah, what happens yeah we're going back 20, yeah. 30 years with that, that reference, but that's what it yeah. felt like. Yeah. And Sam Raimi is, is a polarizing director. You either love him as a as a cultist, you know, piece, or you're like, eh, he's a whatever. But don't forget, this is also the man who directed the first three Spider-Man movies. Yeah, yeah. To critical and commercial acclaim. Mm-hmm. So I think well, he did the same thing. Much. Not yeah, yeah. Well, we don't talk about the. <laughs> but that, um, that was evil, uh, Bruce Peter Parker. I mean, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it it's it's a good movie. It it does what it's supposed to do which is set up other stuff. It introduces new characters. It introduces um, America Chavez, who's another powerful character. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it does what it's supposed to. I thought it was really good. And it, it's open-ended because it leaves you with something like, this is what's, what's going to happen now. And yes, Bruce Campbell and the car are in the movie. Mm-hmm. Now I have something else because I heard about this. I, I haven't seen the movie yet. Um, the Illuminati, which is like the elite of the elite of the Marvel Universe show up in this as um frank as uh reed richards in it yes yes okay yes because reed richards um professor x uh-huh uh, one of the inhumans i believe yep black Doctor bolt. strange black bolt. Mm-hmm. uh-huh and who, is that am i missing somebody uh captain marvel uh no captain um carter okay um captain marvel uh, and captain carter yeah captain marvel and captain carter but this this illuminati takes place in a different universe so it's not quite the same characters you watched what if Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that Captain Carter is the one in the in the film. 
Okay. It, it's her. It's Peggy Carter. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. They 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 give it their the the designation. So they actually do mention as they're as they're traveling through these multiverses that the Earth Doctor Strange from is Earth six one six, which it actually is in Marvel Comics itself. So they're an eight. I can't remember what it was. Is it eight three eight or something like that? Some something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So they're on Earth eight three eight in terms of the multiverse, and that's where this Illuminati is from. Okay. That's how they can bridge all these people together and get John Krasinski to be uh, Reed Richards. Yeah, and it's cool because it lends it lends itself to, you know, you you've got the potential to use them in, in different movies in different capacities, you know. So that that's actually kind of cool because you just you basically introduced yeah. it into continuity is what you did, mm-hmm. you know. And they the have thing I was a little bit, the only thing I was a little bit disappointed about was I was expecting to have uh, Kang the Conqueror in there more because they that who they, the other guy was. They've done no, that was Mordo. Okay. Um, they've done the big. They did the big reveal of Kang in Loki, and the the intent, or I thought the theory was he was going to be one of the really big bads in terms of this up this new phase, but they haven't done much with him since. No, but you never know it's where it's going now. because well, yeah, you've got that, and you've got you know uh, Moon Knight is going to eventually work its way into this, as is the debuting. Ms. Marvel, not Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, which debuts next week. That's coming out too. And that's gonna tie into um this phase four stuff too. So there's all there's all kinds of of stuff mm-hmm. that's coming out and that connects into all this stuff. And all the TV shows they do connect into this in some way. You know, leading yeah, into my brother Moon was asking me, does Moon Knight connect with everything else? They go, Yeah. Not directly, but eventually there's some connection to it. Yeah, it, it will And Moon Knight has always been a little bit separate though. Yeah. The entire Moon Knight story, I mean, he's been an adventure here and there, but for the most part, he's he's very off on the side of that stuff, too. So the the connections are hinting at is a couple of the uh, characters in Moon Knight were wearing emblems that were emblematic of um, Kang as one of the one of the Egyptian gods or the pharaohs or something like that. And I'm still waiting. Like I'm saying, I, I'm curious on that. That's it's still throwing me for a loop that I, there's I, not more apparent stuff. And it's probably I trust all Kevin tie in. Like I trust Dave Filoni, so just let it play It'll out. Probably all fall together. I mean, I'm sure it will, but at this point, it's confusing as hell, and it's a little bit frustrating. You know, I did hear some guy. He was talking on the bus to Disney one of the two days I was there, talking to his girlfriend or whatever, and she was talking about watching the Star Wars movies, and he said. Oh, I think the best way to watch him is to, you know, watch him in, in number order. Rob and I about threw him off the bus. <laughs> We're like, that's not how you do this. You don't I think do Xavier like- and I have had this argument before where um depending on the age, it can it can be adjusted. Like when I first started teaching, you know, those pieces like that, I probably would have shown one, two, three first, because special effect wise and what kids are expecting movie wise. Yeah, they're a little bit more up to date in terms of that. It's they're like watching wa- a black and white movie in a color one. Yeah, they're gonna watch four, five, six, and go. These are campy and corny as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's. The I story. always tell everybody and goes. I watch them in the order that I originally saw them, which is release order, because yeah. that's that's how I fell in love with the movies. Well, that's what I was gonna say about the Marvel ones. Is I think the only way to truly watch them is in release order. Because all the after credit scenes always set up whatever was next, mm-hmm. so you, you kind of have to do that to get the full, to get the full story. It falls in line in your mind chronologically, um, 
So I think you're fine. I think you're fine doing that. I still think you can do without Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World, but that's a different story. Because those two movies. Iron Man 3 or Iron Man 2? Iron Man 3, no? Iron Man 2 was the one with Whiplash. What was the third one with? Third one... That's the, the one second, where he pees in the suit. Yeah, the, the, the second one was the one with um with the Mandarin, too. The fake Mandarin. That was all right. I think it was three. I don't remember. It was one of those Iron Man movies. Isn't so good. More than two. That was the one where it was more... Where it was the, like the rich guy trying to take over stuff more. See, because I skipped the second Thor movie. You, you didn't, didn't miss much. much. Yeah. You, you didn't miss much. Um, Ragnarok was a much better movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, hands down. Yeah, and Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder! It's coming out soon, too. My it's wife, good. who doesn't watch any of these movies, she's like, that looks good. And I'm like, okay, well, the Thor movies were done well. The, my, like, wife, the, my wife will watch the Thor movies because we both have a crush on Crim Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, she, likes, she was like, oh, who's that girl? And I go, Natalie Portman? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah we know Natalie. Uh, the Lakers TV show. Did you guys watch any of that? The yeah. winning season? I've only watched the first episode. That's all I've had time to watch. That's the only thing I I've like been it. able to watch. So I, yeah, it's been it's it was fun. It was fun. It was done well. You see how much kind of like of a douchebag Jerry West. I mean, not Jerry West. Uh, Jerry Bus was. Jerry Bus, yeah, yeah. He's like he's playing nice he's Playboy really Mansion. He's like messing around with a girl like in a restaurant, like you know, getting her to a climax. I guess I guess <laughs> I could say. Who wasn't that his style? Though? Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like people, I like I thought like oh he's just like some old dude. Like I was like oh man. He's like a womanizer, man. He's like always drunk and like hitting on chicks, playing poker. Like, like he was a big poker player, like losing lots of money. You see like how he's wheeling and dealing and like setting things up. I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. Isn't and it just shows like- you. Um, it's nice to see like how he took over um, the Laker franchise and like how he built it into what we know, like the, the Showtime era. He got mm-hmm. Magic Johnson in there. He brought the Laker girls in there, and he shows Paul Aldo like you know, like all oh, doing all the sexy dancing and stuff like that. He goes, I want more like that. I don't want this like cheerleading crap. I want stuff like that. And like you know, that's it's what worked. It's what you know mm-hmm. fans came to see. Giving away tickets to celebrities so we could have them in the audience because I mean, you got to remember we're Los Angeles. The celebrities are in the area. Bring them to the games, and more people will come. I mean, it came to a point like in the '80s that you went to the Laker game to see who was there. Yeah. I mean, it was always. Uh, uh, Jack Nicholson, uh, Lily Tomlin was a fan. Uh, what the hell's that guy? Uh, Phil Spector was in the was in the audience, and uh, Diane Cannon. Keaton. You know, you're always going to see those uh, people there. Diane Keaton. Yeah, she was at the games too. Uh, Lou Adler, but who nobody knows who who he is. Well, and we're like, we thought it was Jerry Buss for a while the first time we went. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I thought it was done well. It just shows, like you know, uh, the excessiveness of the '70s leading to the '80s. And the Laker teams that I fell in love with. I mean, I became a Laker fan probably about 85, 86, and I've been a Laker fan ever since. I mean, I solidified it when they won back-to-back championships for me in 87, 88. And this is like the leading up to it. And, uh, I mean, the Lakers were a good team, but they weren't like the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics won every fucking year. Mm-hmm. Every year, like, they dominated. Like, I think uh, Bill Russell won, like, 18 championships, like, you know, during the 60s and 70s. And, like, the Lakers won one. And then, like, after this, Lakers and um, Celtics are tied for the most championships. So you just see how the team went from, like, nothing to, like, this great team. I mean, right now we're not doing well, or we didn't do well last season. So, But it's over, and fuck it. We're going to do better. 
you know, it, it, there's ebbs and flows all the time. I thought I was done well. I liked it. Um, I recommend it to anybody who's a Laker fan or anybody who's a sports fan who just want to see what this team was and what it became and how fun the 70s and 80s were. You forget that stuff. I mean, like it shows Magic Johnson as a womanizer and like, look where it got him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it shows Kareem. Want to uh, go there? <laughs> not really accepting his role as a cap- the, the captain. Like Magic Johnson calls on. It's like, dude, they call you captain, but why don't you fucking act like the captain? You ain't doing shit to help this team. Like, why don't you leave the team? And he decide, he says, like, oh, yeah, you're right. So, good show. Check it out.
Yes. So you guys have seen some a few concerts. One that I just couldn't get off. They wouldn't let me get off to go see. <laughs> and there was one I went to that Dan couldn't get off to go see. <laughs> Man. At least we uh, do lose that game. We lost that game, but the girls came in oh, second place. Oh, that's even they got, worse. They got, a, they got a ring. They got a ring. They, they took second place. <laughs> okay. That. Yeah, so my, both my girls got a ring. They were happy. Um, Which actually kind of pissed me off because I was like, yeah, I'll get the ticket. I could not find anybody else to go. <laughs> like everybody and their brother. No, I can't this is go, bad religion. So just, yeah, yeah, for bad religion. I could not find anybody else to go. But Dan, you went with me to when they played in Riverside. So imagine that same amount of intensity. In a smaller venue, that was bad. I, I I'm telling you, man, it 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 hurt me. It hurt me not to do that. I was like, nah, we'll never make it that far. We'll never make it that far. The damn girls kept they kept winning, so <laughs> I, I was like, why don't you pay them to throw the game? I can't. I can't. <laughs> we threw enough games this season, man. I didn't like go that one. I was like, we better go all the damn way if we're gonna keep winning. And that was the championship game. We, we did lose that game, but. Both my both the girls played well, so I was I was happy about that. I had tried to like, is there any possible way this game's going to be over so I can tell the one that I'm actually taking to the concert, pop in the freaking truck, we're going, you're going in your uniform, and it just I saw the the time that they were supposed to go on stage, and I was like, shit, the game's not going to be over because it ha- those games have to be like a set number of innings. It's not timed. It has to go a certain number of innings. Gotcha. So I was like, we're never going to freaking make, make it, it official. Yeah. 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 To make it official. We're never going to make it. So I had to sell Rick the tickets here. Unfortunately, you couldn't find anybody to go with them. But I told him, just go, dude. Like, you know what time they're playing? Like, even if you just go late, let's go late. And that's what <laughs> like, I did. I ended, I ended up, I missed, like, I missed the opening band. And I, I went there just before they went on. And who was the opening band? I don't even remember. Slaughterhouse? Oh, the kids. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Slaughterhouse or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Something house. Dude, they played. They played hard though, and you know I'm sitting, I'm I'm being my old punk. I'm standing in the back, and I'm off to the side, over by one of the bars. Easiest way to get in. Everybody there was about forty something in that area. Everybody was just chill. We all started chatting it up and just hanging out, and they played damn near everything. Yeah, yeah. Anything and everything you wanted to hear them play, they pretty much played. I already forgot about that, Rick. You brought back painful memories. <laughs> but no, like I said, the girls got rings, dude. So I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Merch wise, it was the same stuff that had been on the other tour. So I was like, I didn't have to go spend any more money. But that was nice. But uh, yeah, you went to that. I feel like I went to something else uh, since I we podcasted. I saw AFI at um, Danzig at Palladium. Yeah, I know you're talking about Danzig, but I saw AFI at the Palladium too. That, that that was a good show. Oh, dude, that was their first. That was their first show back. That was the first I got show tickets they played for, how, for the, when we were young weekend. At what time that area? You did? Not no, I didn't get tickets for when we were young. I got them to see for AFI October. around yeah, that eight, that when yeah. we were young in time. Is that still going on? I haven't heard much about that at all. I haven't either. Everybody was talking was about how sketchy it sounded. Yeah, but um, it was good, man. They hadn't played in a, over over two years, so um, they brought it. The crowd was super into it. The band was super into it. Incredible, incredible energy in the crowd. I feel like I've been to something else too, but I can't remember. But anyway, um, Danzig, because that's what Xavier wants to hear about. Well, Dan and I spent about two hours in a, a merch line. Yeah, uh, that shit was ridiculous. But that's on Toyota Arena. That's not Danzig. That was on Toyota Arena, and that it, that shit was ridiculous, dude. I mean, it, we hung out in the parking lot for a little bit, and then we walked in and said, "Oh, this is the merch line. Ah, oh, something. Let's get in." Not knowing 
is going to be all that long. We actually, I don't really care because I'm not really a fan, but we, we basically missed Cradle of Filth. So the only two bands we saw were Tiger Army and Danzig because that line took so long. People were cutting all over the place. There was no set way that they were doing it. That's the venue. It was really bad on the venue. where they were. Now, I was going to say, was the merch even worth waiting two hours for? I mean, yeah, I got a hat. It's really cool. I like my hat, <laughs> and I got a Tiger Army shirt. I got, um, I got a hoodie and a shirt. Yeah, I mean, people liked it. They bought it. It wasn't unreasonably priced. Like, remember, we saw them at the Palladium, and they were like, there were shirts that were 70 bucks. This wasn't that. His shirts were like $30, $40, depending on what you want. And Danzig's the type who he fills up the front of a shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back. There's a lot of shit on the on yeah. this stuff. So it's like just the printing alone is like you're paying for all that printing. Yeah, on his it. shirts are like 12 by 12 almost. Yeah, but they're also kind of obscene. Yeah. So you have to watch out for, you know, have to watch out for that too. So mm-hmm. the one that I wanted, they actually ran out of my size. So I got a hat, which I, I really like my hat. So I was cool with that. I'm like, fuck it. I'm not, I walk, I'm buying something. I didn't wait for mine <laughs> if I could not get anything. So go, I got, no, I'm I got good. Yeah. In a Tiger <laughs> Army shirt. But like the band, uh, of, Tiger Army was really good. Uh, we haven't seen Tiger Army in years. And they were, I thought they were really good. Dan, what'd you think? Yeah, I thought they were really good too. Jeez, the last uh, time I saw Tiger Army was when we saw them with the Quakes. Wow. Um, <laughs> Halloween? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was like 06, dude. 07. No, that was 2008. Okay, oh eight, yeah, wow. that's that's a long time ago. I, it's been a long time for us too, but it it brought back the like, you know what? I would see Target Army again. I'm not impressed by the October Flame lineup though, at all. Right. So <laughs> that's not like, no, I'll catch them on a different show. That lineup was not, and I wasn't feeling those lineups. Um, but they played really well, and they were into it. And we haven't played in forever. Nick is a Danzig fan, like for sure, and they they got a good reception from the crowd, which I wasn't sure about. I didn't yeah, know. I was very curious to see how that was going to go down. Yeah, yeah I, was I agree. How that was going to go. Our seats were pretty good. I bought them full on, like a straight view of the stage. I thought our seats were really good. My only complaint about Toyota is how tight the seats are for a bunch of heavyweights. Oh yeah, yeah. So th- those seats are tight, but we met, we stand, we stood most of the time. Like honestly, so it wasn't, it wasn't too big a, a deal. And then Alex joined us after a little while. He bought, he bought the extra ticket that we had, so he showed up at the show. Uh, he did two shows that day. He was at the Aquabat show, too. Yeah, he was asking me about that. And then he was asking me if I was going to, to Danzig. And I go, no, I'm not going to Danzig. He goes, uh, man, I'm thinking about getting tickets, this and that. I go, have you talked to Dan and Dan? Yeah. And he's and he's like, no. I go, knowing my brother, he has an extra, t- he has an extra <laughs> yeah. ticket. Well, that's a whole yeah, fucking story in in itself that I'll tell off air. But um, so that, yeah, that happened. Um, he took it. I'm glad he did. Yeah, I'm super glad he took that ticket. But yeah, I was curious to see how Tiger Army was going to go over. Crowd mm-hmm. was into him, but I, half the crowd was like psychos. Like there was a bunch of kids who like punk rock and like Tiger Army style music in the crowd because they're they're dancing fans too. And then yeah. the, the metalheads seemed to like nobody was booing them. They were into it, so that was cool. It was actually really cool to see. And then Danzig was fucking incredible. I. Do not have the words for how good Danzig was, like at all. He was that good. Which Alex actually told me, he's all, I wasn't going to come to this show, but they're playing Lucifuge. And because a few band members of bands he liked had recently died, including one of the guys from The Locust who committed suicide. Yeah. He was like, I feel like I have to see Danzig because he's going to die at some point. Yeah, yeah. He's, I don't know how long much longer he has. It was an so, awesome show. 
it was. Have you seen Danzig before? No, I've never seen him before. Okay, so so the thing about Danzig is that I have seen Danzig before a couple of times. Yeah, and, yeah, you saw him uh, at the first Ozfest, right? Yeah, and I, you saw him before that too, right? Um, no, I saw him at the first Ozfest. I want to say I saw him somewhere else, and then I've seen him a couple times with the Misfits. So his voice is not what it used to be at all. It's not what it used to be. And Alex, who's seen many a Danzig show, has actually criticized Danzig many times. He'd be like, dude, his voice is like, it's shot. You attribute that to age. Those guys can't hit those notes. Like, they were younger. He nailed this shit. It was so good, dude. On what is my favorite Danzig album, too. Every track, straight through, plus some more. Some of the quote-unquote hits. And did did he end with Mother, Dan? He ended with Mother, huh? No, did he end with Mother? Mother? Yeah. Um, amazing. He sounded amazing. The band it's sounded amazing. Game. Yeah. None of those members are original, like, classic lineup Danzig members. Yeah. But they've all been with him for quite a number of years. And it was incredible, dude. I, <laughs> Sorry. I didn't even think about this, but I recorded some of it, and I put it on YouTube. And now I have two strikes on YouTube. Because <laughs> I got caught putting the videos up. And YouTube gave me strikes because Danzig said, uh-uh, going to put my shit up on YouTube. And and you don't. So I think I just put him in Google Drive. But um, no, you can't put his shit up on YouTube. <laughs> but it was amazing. And everybody, I was going through like the day after and stuff and looking at stuff, watching a couple of videos. And I'm like, <laughs> I commented on a couple. Take this shit down, bro. Danzig's going to find you. <laughs> you, look again you know later. what my boss told me when I tell him I want to go see Danzig? He's all, you should have seen Danzig like 20 years ago. I'm all. I probably did see Danzig 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I go, yeah. I want to see him. Goes, you, know, you should have seen him then because like, he's not the same. I go, yeah, I know. It's like seeing Morsi. You don't want to see Morsi now, but if you saw I, him yeah, like. Dude, I, we thought the same, but I just, again, I just went because it was Lucifuge. And this was the only show where he played just Lucifuge. Yeah. And it was incredible. Like everybody walked away was like, dude, that was amazing. Like I, it sounded like from the album. It, I just can't even get over it. Like how cool it actually freaking was. It was so freaking good. I don't know. Dan, what do you think? You, the first time you've seen him. I've seen him. I thought the same thing. Like, his voice, not what it was on album, but I've always enjoyed it. But this one was like, oh, my God, dude, that was actually really, really good. So, for for me, for someone who's never seen him before, I thought it was good because I've always heard mixed things about him live from you, from other people. So, I went into this with kind of a, an open mind. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I, I'm not going to be disappointed if, if it sucks because... It's Danzig. Uh, I thought he was good at the Misfits show that we saw in L.A. So I was like, okay, he's piggybacking off of that, whatever. That's fine. Uh, and then when they played, I thought it was awesome. It sounded just, To me, it sounded just like the album. It did. So, it was that good. It was that good. I, I wasn't mad at it at all. So. Nope. Had a great time with some longtime friends, and it was just, man, that was just a good night of freaking music. And they and played a long time. Fight at the end of the night. <laughs> yep. And they played a long time. Like, they played until the, the arena basically told them, you have to be off stage before this time, which was almost midnight. Like, yeah. I, I thought, oh, man, this show's going to be over like at 10 o'clock because, you know, it's Toyota Arena. No, he played until 1145 when they told him, that's as long as you can play. You got to get off the stage. He even said, he's like, you know what, man? Fuck this, like, encore. We go out and we're like, bullshit. Fuck it. Let's just play straight through. What do you guys say? Yeah. Okay. So they played straight through and then, okay, good night, guys. We're leaving now because it's, it's time. It's, it's curfew time. And that's what he did. So yeah, because he knows they probably would have pulled the plug if he would have walked out. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, uh, fuck that bullshit. So let's just go for it. Cool. I have no complaints at all. Would totally do it again. 
and I got a hat. Yeah, it was it was really good. Would you do Would you do anything different next time? Not get in line for a shirt or get there really early to get one. Really, huh? Would you, <laughs> That's would about you, it. In your opinion, would you do the pit or would you go back to the seats? Mm, knowing how good it actually was with the hindsight being 2020, if you guys were down to actually do the pit area, I would have done the pit area. Yeah. yeah. The, the hard, what, what I told Armando was because he asked me, you know, the seats we got were, what, 109 bucks. $109 a seat, which is a hefty price tag for bands that we're used to seeing. Um, I knew the floor was going to be about $100 more. And that's what it was. It was about $100 more. Um, so, it was, so it was like, what, two? It was like, it was like around two bills. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. And okay, you, you saying that shows me I made the right choice because the thing about that is if I really wanted to see the band, I would have paid that. But I would have done that. I can't speak for you. And then the way Ticketmaster works is you don't know what the price is until you go in to buy them. And then it sucks because you're like, okay, you got four dudes who committed, myself and three others who committed. I said, I think it's going to be about this price. It was slightly more, but I figured you guys would be okay with it because yeah, it was only like maybe $30. Like that I yeah. You know, I'll, there, but to throw another $100 in that mix. And to get an answer, dude, I need an answer in 10 minutes. You know what I mean? That wasn't going to happen. That wasn't going to happen. And then we still had one pull out. Yeah. So, you know, that's hard. That's hard to do to get somebody to commit at that level because of the price of things when you don't know what it's going to be. But if I'd have known ahead of time, I would have done it if you guys would have wanted to. Yeah. I I done it. But I was happy where we were. I liked the view. And I purposely picked stuff that was like, honestly, we were cheaper then on the sides because they were closer they were closer to the stage but they were angled we were straight on and i was like i think i like that better than having to make sure like i'm turned a little bit yeah we would have to kind of sit like yeah yeah like that and i figured the straight on view was a little bit better we're I did already this... pushing those limits on those chairs <laughs> yeah. yeah those seats are suck i mean i'm a, i'm like this sometimes uh, yeah. Not anymore, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, you fit. I went to an angel game a couple of weeks ago with my brother and the girls, and um, I had the, I, I can't even sit next to Rob on on anything like that. I, I put them in. I he sat on one end <laughs> of the seats us. we had. Yeah, I told the girls, you you sit in between us. And they're like, oh, like, no, 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 no. I can't sit next to my brother. We physically don't fit in the seats. I'm like, you two are smaller. You can sit there, and I'll sit on the end of one of you, and he'll sit on the other end. So that's that's what happened. But now I can't. I got on Rise of the Resistance the other day with him, and I, I was pushing it in that seat. <laughs> we were like, like this in the seat to try to do that because I was like, mm, that's what you get? You know, I need to walk more like Xavier, but that's okay. <laughs> it is what it is. Next topic. Unless you want to know anything about that Danzig, but dude, it was pretty cool. What you got? Uh, Rick saw the Mengzingers, right? I did, but I think I'm going to talk more about Dan's hat and uh, no, uh, different experience. I actually saw New Kids on the Block. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, not to lie, it was a pretty decent show. It was New Kids on the Block. It was Salt and Pepper. It was En Vogue, and it was the man himself, Rick Astley. 
And I was super excited to see Rick Astley. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> because uh, I just finished up the Dave Grohl biography. And he talks about how an amazing musician Rick Astley actually is. But he didn't play any of the instruments. He only sang, which kind of bumped me out. But um, the way they set up the show was so... It wasn't like going to this dancing show. It wasn't Cannibal Corpse, Tiger Army, dancing. It was... The show started out with new kids. They played for about 20 minutes. And then they they stopped and they went and they did their quick change. And then Vogue came out and then Vogue performed for a little bit. And they did their stuff. And then Rick Astley was on. There was like a double stage. And uh, Rick Astley came up on the other stage, a smaller stage. And he was doing some stuff there. And then they bust back into new kids. And then they bust... Um, Salt and Pepper comes out later, and they're doing their thing. And then Rick Astley comes back out, and then Vogue does stuff. And then Vogue and Salt and Pepper work together. And then... New Kids comes out and does stuff with In Vogue, and it's like it wasn't it was intense. Is that why they were calling it mixtape? Because it was yes. just constantly like being mixed yeah. up. Yeah, that makes sense. It was mixed up a little bit, and it's one of those things where they they played a lot of the big hits. Everybody played their big hits, so well, it wasn't how many big ever. Hits does Rick, uh, does, does Rick Ashley. Have? If you sit there <laughs> and you listen to them, you're like, I know this song. Yeah, like, I, I had heard tell that. You, I couldn't Someone tell you necessarily the names off the top of my head, but you listen to them, you're like, oh my gosh, I know this song. And it didn't it it didn't hurt that um, I took a page out of your playbook, Dan. And before I went into the arena, I had a couple of I had a couple of uh, my man <laughs> Do it was right. just sitting there in the zone enjoying Enjoy that show. Man. Enjoy the show. Enjoyed the show. It was crazy. But yeah. uh, you, know who, you guys were talking about the line. This was at the Honda Center. Yeah, we were we were first off, we were angled. We had angled seats other than seeing the big screen, which was partially obstructed. It was actually pretty nice. And Honda Center seats are freaking comfortable as hell. They're big. Yeah, they, it's not seats, the Toyota so Arena seats, bro. You yeah. were you were all over that. And you're like, yes, thank you so much. Um, so that made it nice. Then um, the lines, even though the line was insanely long for merch it was like maybe a 20 minute wait they were pumping through people so fast dan keeps talking about his hat i almost bought a hat that just said <laughs> nggyu what's that never gonna give you up wow. <laughs> almost bought uh, oh that's rick Astley because yeah okay how, how I, I, I stepped it? out for a minute uh it was about 45 bucks oh shit the shirts, same thing, man. You know, Honda Center's taking the cut of that. There's sure. part of that, too. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. But it, they're also bigger bands, so they're selling them for bigger money. Um, I was going to wow. say, that's the professional hockey versus the, the, um, the minor farm league. league. The minor yeah, league the hockey, yeah. System, yeah. So, no, that was, that was, that was a whole different experience. And uh, I would probably do it again if it was that same stuff. <laughs> yeah. But like I was telling them, Dan, you missed out on this um, – it wasn't that traditional piece. It was new kids came out first. They played for like 20 minutes and then En Vogue came out and did a couple of songs. And Rick Astley was on a, on a secondary stage and he, he walked in, they lit him up and he played a couple of, a couple of tunes and then they go back to, to new kids and they do stuff and they're constantly bouncing around like that. I think part of it is the mixtape thing. I think part of it is they're also old and between yeah. costume, <laughs> and, and between costume yeah. changes and all this a little stuff. bit at a time and need a break yeah. little bursts of little bursts of it and then um what jenny mccarthy was right there in the front row donnie Wahlberg 
kissed him, kissed her a handful of times, and uh, they actually there was a proposal right there in the middle of the show. Like they stopped, and uh, there was I guess a new kid super fan that ended up contacting her the the fiance the boyfriend now fiance ended up contacting the band and they they helped him propose to her. I thought that was pretty cool. Wow. So just hilarious. But like I said, I'd do it again. You know who's you know who wants to do it again or at least get another do over? Christine. <laughs> she apparently got Rick rolled. <laughs> uh, Wait, what? What else you got? Hey, so I'm not up with wrestling. So like state of wrestling. Why did Cody Rhodes leave to WWE? Money. Oh, paid him a bunch of money. Why did Cody Rhodes leave? Again, money was the thing. And then he's got, like I said, a lot of legacy in his name that other guys don't have. And I'll connect this to what actually happened today. Um, he has that. He's hosted a game show. He's reinvented himself to be like the corporate guy because now he is. He's going to, if nothing else, they're not going to play this up on TV, but he started a wrestling company. And people know that he started a wrestling company. So he's got some pull. And then, like mm-hmm. Rick said, I don't know if this caught air or not, but like he's got some options for documentaries and stuff they're going to do with his dad because he has that name again. He's Cody Rhodes. So, you know, he's going to he's going to roll with that. So today I haven't seen this yet, but I, I watched the video online, but I haven't actually seen the broadcast because I don't I get the delayed version and not the live one. Dynamite today, M- MJF, um, who's in AEW, I guess, cut a fire promo today. That's and, what I heard too. I haven't yeah, seen it yet though. That he actually we're watching it right now, but it's it's just like background. No. Okay. So backstory real quick. I don't even know if you know this, Xavier. Their pay per view was this last weekend. Mm-hmm. And he know he no showed the fan fest. There's been talk for weeks that he's not happy with his pay. Because he is legitimately like the number two draw in the company. Like ratings wise and stuff. Yeah. He is the number two guy in the company. And he's not getting paid anywhere near what the top guys, not even top guys, what guys like that mid Carter's from that, that have come from WWE are making. They don't even come close to him in the ratings and stuff, and he's making nowhere near the money that they're making. So some of them aren't even on TV every week. So yeah, he's been unhappy with that for a while, and it came to a head this weekend when he no showed the fan fest, and there was even rumors that he's not going to show up at the pay per view. Well, he did. He showed up at the pay per view. He did the job like he was supposed to, which everybody knew he was going to do anyway. But he got squashed. He got squashed. I'm pretty sure he had something to do with that because he's he's a businessman. He knows what he's doing. He put over the other guy like he was supposed to, but, you know, played up and he even got stretchered out. He got stretchered out. Yet today he comes out on live TV after being stretchered out on Sunday and cuts a fire promo saying you boss talking to Tony Khan. You're he, this is what he said. He called him a fucking Mark. It got bleeped, but I saw the actual version on Twitter. He called him a fucking Mark. Called them all kinds of names and said, they, none of these guys can lace my boots. Would you pay me more if I was an ex-WWE guy? Because like, that's what this is about. And he's like, I'm telling you what. He's all, I don't want to be here anymore. I want you to fire me. Now, is it a work? Now it is. Now it is. It's a work shoot. Like, it was mm-hmm. real. But they apparently came to some kind of agreement. Nobody knows what. But you don't let somebody go on live TV and start doing that. They cut off his mic. It was the pipe bomb. It was CM yeah. Punk's pipe bomb. In a different fashion, but he was on fire with it. And it's, not, it's it's true. To be honest with you, it's true. He may have gone about it the right way. You did sign a contract. You've got two years left on that contract. you got to make right on that contract. If they want to renegotiate with you, they can renegotiate with you. But you have no right to make demands because you signed a contract. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with there. But for now, it's an angle. And it looks like they made some kind of amends. Speaking of contracts, did you hear about Sasha and um, Naomi? I've heard that at this point... They walked out. They walked out. I know that. Um, contracts have not necessarily been frozen, but they're suspended indefinitely, which may... Um, which may work out the time of their contract, but anything to do with those contracts right now, it's 100% legal. There's nothing going on in terms of the internal or, or just basic stuff. It's 100% the attorneys are working on this. They walked out, X. They straight up were told this is what's going to happen on Monday. They had some issues with it. From what everybody is saying and what everybody kind of figures out, they're the tag team champions. They're the women's tag champions. They were going to go in a, a six-pack, a six-person match to determine the number one contender. One of them was going to win it. One of the tag team champions was going to win a match to determine the number one contender for a singles title. So already they're like, why would you do this? Then they're both going to go on to have matches against the two women's champions from the different brands, and they were both going to lose those matches. So they were like, what is the long-term plan for the tag team titles? Well, we don't have one. We're not going to have any kind of program for the tag team titles for at least a few more months. You're not going to have anything for the tag champs for at least a few more months. So they, they talked about it. They both walked into Johnny Ace's office, put the titles on the on the desk and said, we're out of here. We're walking out. And they've addressed it on TV as they walked out because they did, dude. They walked yeah. out <laughs> like it's not fake. It's real. They gave him the titles and said, we're going home. And they walked out. <clears throat> so we'll see what's actually going to happen there. Um, but, yeah, they straight walked out. They, they even said, <laughs> throw it in the trash. Yeah. Well, the no. thing is, this is not the first time Sasha's done this. She has, in previous occasions, when she doesn't like the booking, resisted or, or shown that type of piece and walked off. So she wasn't seen for months after, what, uh, the 2019 WrestleMania? Yep. She wasn't seen for months after that. So um, wondering how much of, of Sasha's pull it was given on Naomi, who's always seemed to be a pretty team player. Wrestling's a mess. Yeah, it kind of is right now. Most TV, I haven't watched TV at all, so I don't. I don't have a chance. So I'm like, I'm like, so I just saw like Cody Rhodes is like showed up at a was it WrestleMania? I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I have started his own company now. Is that back at WWE? I haven't even finished the AEW pay per view from this weekend. It uh, was long. It was like five uh, and a half hours long. Yeah, my stream works just fine. I just haven't had the time to sit there. Um, Not mine. <laughs> mine was trash. Well, I did it illegally and it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, it's Here that anarchy, know, that anarchy yeah. match was was nuts dude that was yeah. insane that was yeah, such was, a fun match the anarchy in the arena match was insane uh, it, and you got that old school vibe because for a majority for a good chunk of the match i wouldn't say the majority but a good chunk of the match you had um wild thing playing you had um yeah. the x version of wild thing playing <laughs> for probably about 10 15 minutes i mean it was a long match so at least at least let's say 10 minutes so two three rounds through the song um so you got that Sandman vibe, or the New Jack vibe, where they'd come yeah. out and the song would keep yeah, actually, playing. Jer- Jericho Jericho said it was New Jack. Yeah. yeah. Jericho said it was New Jack. Um, <laughs> that was freaking cool. Yeah, uh, Rancid played. Rancid played out Ruby Soho yeah. to their song. Did you see the little thing that said uh, when it introduced them? It said, um, legendary punk band with over 4 million plus records sold. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's no, what it said in the little thing yeah awesome. it said it yeah i was like dude they called, first of all they called them a legendary punk band yeah and then said oh with over four million albums sold i was like that's freaking cool so they played her out to to the uh to the ring 
And they played the whole song. Which, which yeah, cool. they did. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was actually pretty cool. I just got even a little. Just, even Justin Roberts' introduction was fun. Yeah, yeah. That that but, T-shirt was like four. Was it two hundred dollars for that one T-shirt that I showed you guys? That's insane. Hey, Mark's yeah. willing to pay, bro. Yeah, and then like he had the record. He had uh, the first Lars had the first uh, Bastards album autographed, and he wanted two hundred dollars for him. Like, it's cool, but I can't justify two hundred dollars for that record I already have. No. No, but somebody will, and that's the point. Mm-hmm. Somebody's somebody's going to. Well, the same way I can't justify three hundred dollars for a photo with you, McGregor. <laughs> like I just, just wasn't going to happen, bro. I was like, mm, it's just a photo. Like at least I got shirts, I can wear them, yeah, over and over. Frame it if I want to, because it's it's cool as hell. Do I have it here? I'll no, tell you what, I did justify it at the Comic Con. Um, it was forty bucks, but it was worth it, man. I met uh, Keith Coogan, the kid yeah, from. Yeah, it's, uh, it's forty bucks, bro. Versus <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, dishes but are I done, get, man, I know who you. I know who for you a know. dish that yeah. says the dishes are done, man. Signed by him. <laughs> That's a nerdy great. Plus, plus another, plus another uh, item. You know, another two items were autographed, and then um, he sat there for like five minutes taking pictures. And, no, we're gonna do this pose. We're gonna do this pose, and it was hilarious. It gives him did he have a big line? Uh, times he did. It depended on the time. When we got there, it was just one person in front of him, in front okay. of us. But uh, my other buddy, my, one of my coworkers was there, and he uh, he said no. He goes, he, there was you know at least five, six people deep. But there was constantly people coming up to him and talking to him. It's a good little payday. It is. Him. Because like, I'm sure like the difference is at there, he probably paid a fee to be there, and then he's making that money. Yeah, because otherwise, why would Virgil do it? Mm-hmm. But at Celebration, I'm sure they got a fee for being there, which was probably quite nice. Mm-hmm. And then they're charging whatever, whatever they want. I, I, I sincerely doubt Ashley Eckstein is charging $150 for, for an autograph. No, um, but the place is and she's making a, a, a money to just just to be there for her time. Mm-hmm. So which is probably quite substantial. I would imagine yeah, because you got to remember, like at the like. These lesser-known people, they make their money at conventions. The Soup Nazi. Mm-hmm. He's been at every fucking convention I've ever been to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's all he does is a Soup Nazi. He wears the, 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 the chef's coat. <laughs> he writes, no soup for you. And like... Oh, man. Uh, what you the, the, um, call called? Uh, Dante's girlfriend from uh, Clerks. Mm-hmm. Um, she's always at the convention. She gives him a hug. Goes, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. She but hasn't you done got, shit since Clerks. You got to be at the right price point for that. Yeah, because homeboy with the plate for forty bucks. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a little novelty for forty bucks. Mm-hmm. I got um, Ziggler's autograph right for like forty bucks. Dolph Ziggler's autograph and a picture for like thirty or something. Okay, that that's fair. You get in the hundred dollar range, man. Mm, not gonna pull it. I got Danzig's autograph for free. The soup, <laughs> yeah, the soup Nazi's not gonna not not gonna do that. The soup Nazi is definitely not gonna. He's not gonna make a hundred dollars. We're not gonna walk up to the soup Nazi for hundred bucks and be like, "Let me get your autograph." But thirty bucks, forty bucks, homeboy will probably make. But that. you piecemeal it, yeah. Thirty bucks an autograph, forty bucks for a photo. You you put those pieces together, it adds up. Yeah. They they hit me with Claudia Wells like that. Yeah, I think I paid. I think I paid fifty for for Dolph for a picture with Dolph and his and his autograph for Dolph Ziggler. So yeah, yeah. The funny thing about that is like. You know, we're talking about all this big bucks for the autographs and stuff for a celebration. 
when those people were on the stage, like for the Mandalorian panel, the people that were in front, there were several people that actually got their badge signed or something else by Pedro Pascal. He just signed it right there. Not didn't yeah. nothing, dude. Yep. Homeboy walked in and I saved three hundred bucks, you know, for for doing that because his signing was whatever it was, but it was not cheap. I didn't even entertain it once I saw the prices. As long as you have a good time, dude. That's all that matters, and it's yeah. uh, it's really it's worth it. What you want to pay for? What it. you want to pay for? It. Yeah, if, if you're willing to pay for it, then you know. I want an autograph that said, "Dear Rick, I love you." Five five five, Jennifer Parker. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Is that gonna do it? I think that's gonna do it. All right. Thank we you as always. Quarterly thank- podcast. <laughs> thank you as always to our sponsors, Crown and Stash, Made Riverside and Orange Circle Optometry. You can listen to episodes of Extraordinary Culture Podcast on Odyssey, Podomatic, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and you can even ask your smart host devices to play Extraordinary Culture Podcast. Check us out on Instagram as EXO Culture, on Facebook as EXO Cult, Twitter as EXO Cult Cast, and TikTok as EXO Cast. See you next time. Bye.